Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Welcome to the Film Board, the movie conversation podcast reviewing the latest releases that you've seen and want to talk about. I am your host, Ocean, and on this episode, we're talking about No Time to Die. (sighs) 
We used to be able to get into a room with the enemy. And now they're just floating in the ether. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. Oh my God, target enough people. And the people become the weapon. die with your body and life is all about leaving something behind isn't it come on bond where the hell are you today i am chatting with kyle olson creator of the swashbuckling ladies debate society podcast to get his thoughts on this movie so we can share them with all of you welcome kyle well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I haven't been in the film board for a while, so this is exciting. Um, yes, yes, it is. Um, and so let's just dive right into this since we're talking James Bond. So I think the first uh, question I wanted to uh, pose and ask you is to just, you know, it's kind of, we're just going to set the bar, right? So mm-hmm. without diving into the movie or, or in any real significant way, um, just to tell us what you knew about, what did, what did you know about James Bond and these movies already coming into it? And what were your ex- expectations that you had of the movie going in? I have an odd relationship with James Bond because I've seen all but one of the James Bond movies, and wow, yet that's, I that's wouldn't. Commitment. <laughs> but I, but I wouldn't consider myself a James Bond fan <laughs> in the same way that like I've seen all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but I don't really like them. But I've seen them all. I, I guess it was just part of the culture. Just mm-hmm. growing up, James Bond is such a dominant force and all this stuff that when it when a movie comes out, it's an event. And yes. so you don't want to miss it. So, I mean, I, I, my dad took me to them originally. And then by the time I was old enough to go by myself, that it was just a, an institution. Uh, so I had seen all the Daniel Craig ones and, and enjoyed them. Uh, and then so this one, uh, it, it had been so long since it was coming out that I actually at one point, uh, you know, like, like uh, earlier this year, I was like, Think about Rami Malek. I was I was catching up on Mr. Robot and thinking like, oh yeah, I never did see that James Bond movie where Rami Malek was in. I went to the internet and I was like, oh, maybe I should buy that and download. Oh right, it hasn't come out yet because it's because I you know it's like they they had they had hyped it and trailers and all this stuff and it was going to come out and then it, it went away and then they hyped it and it was going to come out and it did, and it went yeah. away and then finally now as I was sitting in my seat I was like, is this going to be an elaborate prank? Like, as I'm waiting for it to start, like, they're going to be like, ha ha, suckers, this movie never existed. Thanks for the money. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So, so, right. Exactly. So I watched, I watched all the stuff going through, watch all the trailers getting ready and Mm -hmm. and anticipation. And I didn't quite go far enough to watch the other ones. I started watching Spectre again, just to refresh my memory, but I didn't even get through it before the the, the time for the movie came to watch it. So I understand. I, I I was a little fuzzy on the details by the time I got in. I was hoping that the movie would help me along to re- re- refresh my memory of what I've forgotten. And, <laughs> and it, it didn't. It does so, not. Yes, no. and it does not. So, yeah, I, I find that uh, for me, um, I have while I haven't seen all of the Jean- James Bond movies, like there's a good chunk of the Sean Connery ones that I've missed that I've missed, and I probably mm-hmm. should go back and see it. Other than that, I've seen you know pretty much all the Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan. I, I, I actually am one of the I'm I'm one of the five people that liked the George Lazenby uh, James That's Bond. That's the one I have not seen, and, yeah. and not because I'm I'm specifically against it, but because at the time it was unavailable. 
okay. You know, yeah, like there yeah, was, yeah. it was that one yeah, that was sort of like the odd one out. Yeah, it's, like it's hard to these, find. They, they, yeah, they, exactly. they want to act like it didn't happen. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, you know, and then, you know, I love the, love Pierce Brosnan. He's, he is, he is my favorite Bond. My, my growing up, I loved Roger Moore, but Pierce Brosnan, uh, to me, you know, supplanted for my favorite Bond. And so, uh, but for this movie, uh, going into these, I have a, difficult relationship with the Daniel Craig James Bond movies because I for many reasons, well, all of which I have articulated in the past and will articulate again <laughs> in the future, do not consider these to be James Bond movies. Okay. Um, and so, yes, there are several reasons I do not consider them to be James Bond movies, but uh, of of many, uh, of one, one of those reasons is that I James Bond movies do not require you to have known, to know and remember what happened in the past to understand ah. the present, right? Any of the other actors that play James Bond, if you watch any of their movies, you can watch them in any order, and it doesn't matter. You're, you're going to completely understand everything that's going on. Whereas these, as you touched on earlier, don't, don't work that way, right? So I actually, over the, you know, the four days before I watched this movie, watched all four of the original Dan Daniel Craig movies because ah. I was just like, okay, well, let me then get into what this is supposed to be about and how it's supposed to work, right? And so... For me, since I have that problem already, Spectre is one of the worst uh, offenders of it because <laughs> it requires you to remember all three of the movies to make sense. And this one doubles down on that, on that trope, right? And so, so as far as my, what I knew about it ahead of time, I, you know, big James Bond fan. Uh, but as far as my expectations going in, because of Spectre, my expectations were low. Right, I, I was mm -hmm. like, "Well, I think I'm gonna, I'm going to watch this movie because it's James Bond, and so I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for James Bond. I'm going to watch it. Um, and you know, there are things to enjoy in all of the Daniel Craig movies, but I, I did not expect to like it. Oh, so yeah. and then we'll get to whether you did or not <laughs> at, the, at the end of the show because we want to keep the listeners hooked. Right? Exactly. Don't yes, we'll, we'll discuss. Did did the movie successfully change my mind? Oh, I say, and, and and for for my own teaser of the future, this is the first time I remember a James Bond movie having an emotional effect on me, but oh. probably not the one they intended. Ooh. Mm -hmm. mm. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> it's another day to live another fairy tale. It's another night to drink and then forget. We're on Letterboxd. True Story FM's family of film podcasts are all a part of the Next Reels HQ page. Letterboxd is a great way to track movies you see, write your own reviews, and be a part of a larger community of film lovers like yourself. Sign up for your own account today, and if you upgrade to a pro or patron account, use the discount code THENEXTREEL with no spaces at checkout to save 20%. If you are an existing pro or patron member on Letterboxd, this discount will work for your renewals as well. The film board has undergone a lot of changes this past year, but we are working hard to continue bringing you thoughtful and fun conversations about big movies that have just opened in theaters. It does take time and cost money, though. To that end, we could use your support. Please consider becoming a member of this show and the Next Real Podcast to help us out. I know what you're wondering. What do members get? How about access to members-only bonus episodes each month? early access to every episode. Join us before each recording of the Film Board Podcast for our pre-show chat to discuss the movie and anything else in the world of entertainment. 
Watch the live streams as we record our shows. You can even access the live streams from previous shows anytime you want. Additional channels of conversation in our growing Discord community. And now, members get stickers. Let's face it, and just pays to be a member. Head to the True Story FM slash TNR membership to learn more about our membership tiers. The most it'll cost you is $5 a month. Or if you want to have one lump sum payment, not worry about those pesky monthly fees, $55 a year. And we're back. Okay, so I guess before we we, we we dig deep into the thing, I guess we need to talk about Daniel Craig. Because this is, you know, part five and his final thing. And, and you have very strong feelings about it. So I think we need to talk about that before we get into the actual meat of, of No Time to Die. No Time to Die, yes. Uh, well, Okay, so, so, so okay. You, you said, uh, it's like, I know I'm, I'm flipping the script now. So now I'm told- the thing because, I'm, because I'm very curious about this. Because okay. I know... We've brushed against this in times that we've been on SatMat and that yes. kind of stuff. So, but I'm curious to hear a more a more uh, deep dive conversation about this. So, your standard for James Bond then is Pierce Brosnan, like the Pierce Brosnan ones. Well, okay, so Pierce Brosnan is my favorite James Bond. My okay. standard for James Bond movies is all the ones that don't start Daniel Craig. <laughs> Okay, so all the rest of them you think match up in terms tonally or like so in, like a James consistent Bond, characterization Bond, of James correct. Bond? James Bond. Okay. Well, not necessarily consistent characterization. I mean, James Bond changes over the years, right? Because the early Sean Connery right. one, I mean, look, that that yeah. you know, if they if they put the early Sean Connery ones out now, that would not work. Right? Yeah. They're problematic they were, to be sure. Exactly. There would be protests in the streets. Yes. Like, I can't believe this movie getting made. Right. Remember yeah, the we, one where he was he pretended to be Japanese? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, Mwah, that, that, classic yeah, cinema. Exactly. That doesn't go right. Or, or like, remember the early Roger Moore ones when he like wanted to inter- when he was interrogating women, he would beat them. Like that. Right. That is not. Cool. <laughs> that's not going to work. Yeah. Now, right. So, but that's not really what I mean as far as what I'm looking for in James Bond movies. <laughs> okay. Right? I'm not. I'm not looking for, uh, you know, uh, racism or spousal abuse or anything <laughs> like that. Right. So what I'm okay. looking for. So. What I'm looking for, so James Bond, to me, is a brand that has a formula, and it has a way that things work, right? So you effectively, in in all the movies, you have a a big opening action sequence that is meaningless to the plot, but just is there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have, uh, and then James Bond's story arc of every movie basically goes, in a nutshell, like this. He's going to go somewhere, he's going to meet some girl, he's going to sleep with that girl. That girl's going to die. Then he's going to go hang out with Q for a bit and get some really cool gadgets. Then M is going to tell him what his real mission is, and he's going to go then do that mission. But while doing that mission, meet a new girl that he's then going to do. Then he's going to run across the villain. The villain is going to have a lot of exposition about some plot or some plan or something or whatever. It doesn't really matter what it is. He's going to stop that villain from doing whatever it is they wanted to do and get the girl at the end of the movie. And that's it roll credits we have a formula of how things work right and then that's that's really how all of them work. 
And so when you're going into a James Bond movie, right, it is analogous to the modern, the modern version of it now is really the Fast and the Furious movies. But when you go to a mm. James Bond movie, it's like, hey, I'm going for this thing. I understand what it is. I, I understand what it is. I understand what I'm getting. Also, I understand, too, that on any one movie, I don't need to know a thing about what happened in any other ones. Like, one of my favorite movies as a child growing up with James Bond was For Your Eyes Only. Saw hmm. that one, I saw that one, I don't know, 30, 40 times, right? Um, but, and I saw that one, that was the first James Bond movie I'd ever seen. And at no point in time did I feel lost or confused and not know what was going on or anything. I didn't need to know what happened in other episodes, in other movies to follow what was going on here. And then even in subsequent movies, what happened in the past didn't matter. With the Daniel Craig movies, A, break all that formula, right? Not, not to mention even the details. The fact that he doesn't care about how his drinks are made in the first part of Casino Royale, right? Like, you know, the, look, the vodka martinis are shaking off third. That's the deal, right? So, so to me, the problem that I have with it is that James Bond is a brand. And if you're going to then make a set of movies that are that, you know, call it a James Bond movie, then that means you're saying we want to make more movies of this brand. What they've done is they've made Jason Bourne movies, right? And they've made, they've made movies where you could change the lead character's name from James Bond to uh, Jackson Turner, right? And you <laughs> would not even think they were ripping James Bond off, right? I mean, the only even nods to the old James Bond, if you look at these series of movies, is every now and again, he is, he is driving Aston Martins, right? Mm -hmm. So he is doing that. He's wearing suxes and suits, and he looks clean, right? Carrying and, the Walter and, and PPK. Carrying the Walter, yeah, well, not until the third movie, right? But so, eventually. so he, he, right, exactly, but not until the third movie. And so he's not, so yeah, so that there, there was no the Q's role in this is in these in these series of movies. He's not really being provided with a lot of gadgets. I mean, at the end of the day, when he meets Q, Q gives him a gun and a car, right? You know, you could just, it's, it's not, you know, Q's not important. You know, M, M is more important, which is fine because it was James Judy Dent, James Jude Dame. Judy Dench, which is a harder name than you would think to say when you say it out loud. <laughs> so, you know, and that, you know, and she's just awesome. So more of her and whatever, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, but at the same time, they just, they, they're no longer following, they were not following the form of what it was, right? They, they created a new and different thing. And it's not that I think necessarily that that new and different thing is bad. I just mm. think that that new and different thing is not James Bond. It's something else. And so then don't, call it James Bond or don't say we're going to make a James Bond movie when you're clearly not doing it. Okay. I can, I, I can see your point. I, I'm not, and I'm not going to try and change your yeah. mind or anything. Yeah. Cause that, that's not what this show's about. Yeah, but right, right. I, I mean, don't you think it, it was time for things to get shook up? I mean, I, I like, I saw golden eye and mm -hmm. I think it's one of the best Bond movies they've ever made. Like right. for me that I would put that in, if that's the best, then one of the best, because they got in some stuff you've never seen before because they talked about other double O's and, mm -hmm. and his past and like having to go up against someone with his same skill set. I mean, it was a, it was a, a really nice sort of Batman Joker sort of match off. Cause you had someone with a similar abilities and you got into some of the emotional stakes of it as well. Right, right. And then I had, I cannot tell you the difference between any other Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. To me, they all just blend together. Either there's a guy with diamonds in his face at one point. <laughs> there was an invisible car that drove uh, up an iceberg or something. I right, mean, right. it all just because it followed the formula. And for me, like they, they just became mashed potatoes. Like it was just blah. So I was excited when sort of Daniel Craig came in and they tried to do something different. 
I don't know that they succeeded, but I <laughs> applaud the fact that they actually tried to do some to add some depth and stuff. My main complaint with Daniel Craig is the one thing I would say it to be a fundamental personality trait of James Bond is that he really likes being James Bond. Yes, Daniel Craig does not. Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig does, does not. not. Does not. Like, <laughs> that, I mean, like his version of the character is this yeah. is all terrible. I hate this. I quit. Exactly. And it's like, but. But wait, the whole, it was supposed to be the, you're supposed to be the macho male role yes. model thing where you're supposed to like, you, you get to sleep with all the pretty girls and drive the cool cars and fight the every unemployed well, steel worker gets to watch and go, oh man, wouldn't that be great? But he's like, no, this is terrible. Yeah. Run, <clears throat> flying around, wearing uh, yeah. expensive clothes. Exactly. This is, I hate it. I hate I mean, this. I have no choice. Has, has any James Bond quit as much as this James Bond had? Three, like at least three no. times, he's like, "I'm out." Yeah, no, he he's quit three and a half, depending upon how you think about it. And that's in five <laughs> months, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, so depending upon how you view the end of Spectre, he quit then too. Right? Yeah, it's it's because, it's like the so, character yeah. is trying to break out of the franchise as well. Like, exactly, I, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I'm so really, he's I need done. To be gone. Yeah, and so it, I guess then to address your point, though, getting back to the old old one, then we'll. And, and and I and I promise we will get back to this actual movie. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just but, I'm just setting yeah, the stage. Yeah, exactly, I just wanted yeah, to see mentally where we're at with Bond before I, we get into I, this one. I agree with you that of the Pierce Brosnan movies, Goldeneye is probably the best. I do have a I do like um, Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, but you'll have this, to tell me what happens this, in that one because I do it's not the remember. One, you know what? You know the thing about it. See, the tomorrow never dies. It was not enough. It's uh, tomorrow never dies. Yeah, it's the one where they. It's the uh, there's the big TV mogul guy, but it's the one that has Michelle Yeoh in it. Quite honestly, that was awesome. oh okay. It was in China, right. and had the great yeah. fight scenes. And, Any movie's and better by adding Michelle awesome. Yeoh. Yeah, exactly. And that she was awesome in it and all that. She was. She, it was great. But um, and uh, so anyway, but with those, I think that even in that, on all of the arcs of all the James Bond actors, right? You know, there are good movies and there are bad movies. Right, so like you mm-hmm, know, the sure. Golden Eye, Golden Eye is a good movie. You know, you could uh, let's see, Golden Eye. The world is not not the world. Not enough. It was last Die Another Day. Die Another Day oh, was, was yeah. garbage. Right, yeah. you know, yeah, that's that's right. They're not all winners. I'm not saying that they all are. Right, <laughs> you know, it's no different than like you know, for, for you know, if I look at, think about Roger Moore. Look, I love For Your Eyes Only. He also made Octopussy, which was bad. <laughs> right, so you know, and The View to a Kill is like, well, if you're in the right mood, you know, maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. Well, we'll Grace see. Jones, you know, exactly. Has Grace Jones in it? Because Walken's in it. You know, there's a lot there, right? Yeah. So, so I, I look at them all. Yes, the how much you enjoy each one of the movies and everything is really kind of more a discussion on it, right? Uh, and each movie, in effect, stands on its own, right? There's whichever one you like and don't like are all in case in their own independent entity, right? So it's not like, for example, with these Daniel Craig ones. So, for example, the best example is, is Quantum of Solace. For a lot <laughs> yeah. of people, Quantum of Solace, you like or don't like it based on what you thought of Casino Royale. Right now, Casino Royale is anecdotally the one that's liked the most, right? But Quantum sure. of Solace then becomes a thing of where if you really like Casino Royale, you probably don't like Quantum of Solace. But if you thought Casino Royale was okay, then Quantum of Solace obviously then gets much better, right? But but the fact that you you're you're doing a comparison and contrasting, right? And even and it gets even worse when you start getting to like Spectre, right? Because Spectre relies so heavily on the other three movies that preceded it. You really got to be like, well, am I already all in on here or not? And if I'm not, 
then it's like, well, you've now made a fourth movie that for me to like it or not like it depends upon how I felt about the other three that preceded it. Not to mention, of course, which is the biggest problem I have with all the James Bond movies, as I've said before, and we'll say over and over again millions of times, I don't have to remember what happened in the past to know what's going on now. The first time I saw Quantum of Solace, I I saw it with a group of friends. We were all excited. We went to go see James Bond. 30 minutes in, I looked at everybody. I said, does anybody have any idea what's going on right now? And everybody looked at me and said, no, because, because none of us understood that you had to remember uh, Casino Royale because Quantum of Solace starts five seconds or five minutes after Casino Royale ends. Right. right. And it's like, well, James Bond doesn't work that way. It's always like six months have passed and uh-huh. now he's in this adventure. Right. Now he's in a beach. Right. It's not like literally like in the end of the last scene of Casino Royale, he shoots Mr. White in the leg. And then the first is of Quantum of Solace, first scene of Quantum of Solace, Mr. White's in the trunk of the car and he's, run, he's chased, being chased by other people. Right. And unless you remembered that, then the first half hour or so is completely confusing. You don't know who this guy is. Why are people chasing him? Why is there a gunfight? What is going on? Right. So it just, it, it made, it made no sense. And so you end up having to watch it again, just to understand what it is. And so I, I find that the requirement of a continuum makes it where you're, you're now making something else. Right. And that isn't inherently saying that that something else is bad. It is though that something else is not changing. Okay. All right. I, all right. So then, all right. So then we. So now we come to this one. Then. So, yes, we, so we come to this four one. movies yes. that you were disappointed. <laughs> well, but you saw that's, that's not necessary. I guess that's not entirely true. I okay. liked Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Casino Royale is good. It, it's actually good on rewatch. I liked Quantum of Solace when I saw the second. You time. liked Quantum of Solace when right? I saw the second time. I liked it. It was, it was okay. a good movie. Yeah. Skyfall. Actually, I didn't like, but then I saw it again, and I did. Inspector is. I've I've just never I never liked Spectre. It wasn't good the first time. It wasn't good the second time. I am not watching it a third. So I'm just, yeah. I'm just my, my main with problem Spectre. with Spectre is they're they're playing too much off of fan expectations and not off of in universe expectations. In the yeah. same way that Star Trek Into Darkness had this big reveal of I am Khan, and all <laughs> the fans go ooh, yeah, and exactly. all the people in the movie are like and yeah, exactly and the same thing. It was like I am Blofeld, and yeah. like everyone in the in the James Bond universe just goes, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Unless you watch the ones Where's your the cast? Past. Like, I mean, like, there's, exactly. there's nothing. It means yeah. nothing to them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of stuff yeah. drives well, to, me crazy. To be fair, there was a cat. But, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, let's, let's, all right. So, after, after that, after that, digre- after all that digression, now that we've set the, now we've set the tables, we've set the final one. So, let's, let's talk about this movie. Right. Yes. And so, as an overview of it, just to, at a high level, right? So the, the, this one opens with, um, it depicts the killing of Madeline's mother um, and her escape from death at the age of, I, I think, nine, right? Because the, the whole opening sequence is based on a throwaway line from Spectre that she says, right? And so that's what, that's what that whole, it's just a dramatization of that. So there's that. And then, and then now, and then it has that scene. Then James Bond's in Italy with Madeline vacationing. They're all in love. Everything's great. And then, and by the way, the credits have still not rolled at this point. Correct. We're still waiting for the credits. The credits to, to the, yes, yes, the credits still have not rolled. Yes, yeah. they're, they're in Italy. And while there, uh, she talks him into visiting the uh, grave of Vesper Lind, where James goes there. And of course, the crypt explodes in his face and then cuts to the great action sequence that they build up there, which was, which was a 
good action sequence, mm-hmm. right? He's now being chased by some people that we don't know who they are. We assume that they're Spectre agents. So because, you know, the other side, there's a Spectre card. You assume the Spectre agents, he has that. He now feels that he's been betrayed by Madeline, puts her on a train with the goal of never seeing her again. So then he's like, I'm done with you. Get out. Now we have credits. Yeah. Now we have the opening <laughs> credits. Uh, cut to five years later. I believe that was the longest opening sequence in James Bond history, but well, like for the longest pre-credit sequence. It's the longest movie, so it should be. Right? <laughs> okay. So this is the longest James Bond movie ever made. It may as well have the longest opening credits. I mean, let's just go, you know, if we're going to go, let's go all in. Let's be pot committed. Sure. So, um, yeah. So then you're cutting to five years later, and then, at a, you know, then there's a drug being developed in secret by MI6 that can kill people using nanotech bugs and DNA match. Oh, um, that drug is God. stolen. James thinks it's, spe- uh, it's Spectre, and so now he has come back to stop them. When it, when it, why did what come back? You say yes, because in that five years he decided to live in Jamaica and just hang out and not do anything <laughs> because he doesn't want to be an agent anymore, right? Um, and so turns out though that it was not Spectre. There's a new villain, Safin. He has uh, he's the same person that killed Madeline's mom. Now he's taken down Spectre. Uh, he's modified the drug to kill the target and any people that are genetically related to the to the target. The, the nanotechs, the nano. Sorry, he modified the nanobugs, right? He modified it so that they would kill the target and anyone anyone with genetic relations. And no matter Saffin's, what term you use, it's still dumb. But well, go okay, on. Yeah, exactly. And so now Safin is going to use this drug to kill just about everyone on the planet. James needs to spring into action to stop. Him. Right. Okay. So this is where this is at a high level. Basically, what's going on with this? Movie, right? Sure. And so skipping out a lot of things but then i think though that well i think you you missed you missed probably the the the, the one of the most important characters uh, you mean the new 007 <laughs> no <laughs> i mean the fact that there is a a a 007.5 there is a a another bond in the yes, world the new 007 yeah no <laughs> james yeah. james's daughter is what i'm talking about oh the daughter yeah, yeah. that's mi- minorly no majorly oh. important to is- this movie is it though? <laughs> is it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, she kind of just hangs out with the stuffed animal and speaks French. So that's really all we got going on there. All right. So let's uh, then. Okay. So after that, the overview, and yes, James Bond, it is revealed, has a daughter who he thinks is his daughter, is told is not his daughter, and then told is his daughter. The end. Now, um, so in, in the movie, then what is. What is going on with James's life here in this, right? So the the initial thing, which we did dance around and talk about before, is that, okay, when this movie opens, skipping over the scene from Madeline's childhood, James Bond has apparently retired from MI6. They don't really say it. They kind of, it, 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 the implication I got from the movie, and I'm sure you guys think is that they were just on vacation, right? It implied that he mm, just, yes. you know, maybe he had some time off. Yeah, that's what vacation, I thought as well. Right? But yeah. but apparently he he had at the end of Spectre, off you know between the end of Spectre and now retired. So so you already have it where he doesn't want to be James Bond. He is now uh, he feels very happy and he seems content in his new life and he's going to then follow uh, Madeline to as we learn later in the movie Norway. So they're going to go I guess live in Norway in a, at a house that apparently where it snows all year. Right, it's, it's always snowing. Right, so so anyway, um, so he's gonna go live in Norway with her and be happy, and then that's when he goes and visits Vespa Lind, and the bomb goes, and he he feels he's being betrayed. Right, so 
I think though at this at this point in time in the movie, you don't know that he's retired until the cuts you after the long opening credits. Five years later, he's retired, right? So, and I guess then to me, and then I'm curious how how you felt about this as well. I've I found it odd that he didn't go back, right? And so that like so since he didn't go back to MI6 and he decided that he was just going to live in Jamaica and do whatever spies do. Uh, you know, spies slash killers do for five years in, in Jamaica, you know, hanging out while, you know, living in a pretty nice place, right? I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, the construction was like, you know, not, it wasn't concrete, but it had a light, nice accoutrements and everything in it, right? And so, so then the thing is then, they're already setting the tone of this is now a reluctant hero, right? And not someone necessarily that is, you know, that wants to be either, he's not there for king and country or or queen and country. Sorry, mm-hmm. it is now, right? So he's not there for queen and country. He's not, you know, trying to, you know, sa- save the world. For he's not trying to stop James. bad guys. Exactly, yeah. exactly. He's not, doesn't care about England, any of that stuff. He decided he's just going to be a bum, right? And just live over in Jamaica, do, do nothing. And so, uh, you know, I, I found that right away to be something that from a thematic standpoint, I was like, well, I don't know that I'm, I'm already going to have trepidation now because you've now turned James Bond into someone who quits. Yeah. Right, yeah. you know, and so I guess I was curious, like, did, I don't know, other people thought this. Did you, did you think this? Were you thinking like, hey, at this point, well, why, why did he quit? Like, why isn't he just had five years of adventures and now we're back? Right, exactly. That that was that was my thought too. Because what was it that was keeping uh, that that he had on the outside? Like, what is it that he wanted so badly to get away from? Like, I, I, I all these times he keeps trying to retire, he's trying to leave. The first time. For Vesper, like okay, like you found a girl and you ran off with her. All right, I can get, I get that. That makes sense. I mean, like I, I just had a friend had the same thing. Just finally met the person there and just whoosh and like engaged and they moved away and, and everything. But I get that. But when it came down to this, when she betrayed him and he was angry and and sent her away and never wanted to see her again, then it's like, well, the best thing to do then is nothing. I, it's like it seems like that if if that is your motivation, if like what you want is a normal quote unquote normal life, you want to be married to a woman and living quietly in a very vis- very uh, um, visually stunning locale. Uh, that yes. seems to be what James really wants. Well, once she's gone, then w- w- you just then leave and then do that by yourself. It turns out he's like, oh, I didn't actually want to be with anybody. I just wanted to live somewhere picturesque. Exactly. But, yeah, so, so. Well, it, it, it gets into a weird thing of like, why did you even join the double O program? That like, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. If this is all the way along, yeah, it just, it just, it's just very confusing as to like where his head is at in terms of like why. And, and again, five years of apparently doing nothing. And also every time this, that happens in a movie where they cut to the, and they, they're like, it's like, how are you affording this? Like these, these questions always like, get to me. Like, how did you afford this place? Uh, did you buy? Are you renting? Like, do you, do you, did you get M to co-sign? Like what? I mean, all these the logistics of this always like, always well, it's James me. Bond. I'm sure he's contract killing on the side. Uh, I mean, let's face it. <laughs> we don't know that they easily. get well paid. Well, because everything I mean, is owned by there. Like, he, he doesn't get to keep the suits. He doesn't keep to get the car. He doesn't keep, no, no, no. He doesn't keep the gadgets. He just freelance. What, what gadgets? There's no, yeah, that's part of the problem with this movie. There's no gadgets you know, the, the, there's a cool the only, watch there's a cool watch right the only gadget he had in that place was the bar that opened with the button that was it there's, no, there's nothing going on there. well he had so, a he had a he had a fancy drawer don't forget he, that that's that, that the bar with the button uh-huh. the little drawer. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah, super fancy. yeah. so okay so then uh, at, okay so then at this point then he now um so now james now james is gonna he is 
basically crestfallen, right? And 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 so then from th- at this point he's crestfallen. And now he meets. Uh, so Felix comes, and Felix uh, Leiter from the uh, he's for the first two movies. He's not in Skyfall or Spectre. He's played by Jeffrey Wright, who's Jeffrey Wright is doing a great job of acting. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright is killing great. Right now. He's killing. He's great. Yeah. So, um, so he's, he's uh, gets recruited by him to then they want to find a scientist because unbeknownst to James, James doesn't know yet about the drug that's been stolen or any of that stuff going on. And so then he's being recruited to then find this scientist. He says no. He then meets the new 007, mm-hmm. um, who is who's who's you know she was awesome. She was great. Uh, Nomi uh, was the character's name, but they just referred to as 007 in the whole movie so let's just she's she's now 007 um you meet her too finds out that she wants him to stay away from that and then now his curiosity is peaked because if the cia if two people if cia and england are both looking for the same person but not talking to each other then now we've got it now we've got a situation so now james is going to say okay well now i want to come back to find out what's you know kind of what's going on with this and so through that he then you know goes in with the comes in league with the with the cia and goes on goes on a mission to then you know find this scientist right and so so but before we go on do you think this is the first time that Felix has come to James in the last five years well according to this the way they interacted and greeted each other yes it was it was it was they they hadn't talked to each other since I guess somewhere in quantum of solace right so they hadn't they hadn't talked in a while you know but yeah but and so Yes, they they had they hadn't talked in a while, and then this this is what brought them up. Because they they talk about these adventures, mm-hmm. and just because I, I you know I wasn't up on the lore enough, like I was trying to think, I'm like, are they talking about stuff that happened in earlier movies? Or are they talking about stuff that happened off screen? I think they're talking about stuff that happened in earlier movies because they were talking about the Casino Royale and everything. Now they they were all could have been talking about something off screen, you know. I I could definitely be convinced that my initial opinion of that is incorrect, but I thought they were talking mostly just about everything that happened with Casino Royale. Okay. Right. And, you know, yeah. and then maybe some side side notes of Quantum of Solace, but I, I don't know. That that seems to be the, the time he wanted to come back, so he recruited him to bring him back. So I think though, for for me here, so then James is going to come back, and then you know they that that's when kind of all the adventures and everything starts to begin. He starts to then come back, but he still seems to not want to be 007. He seems to a fine that there's a new 007. He doesn't want to be 007. He just is like going to get in this adventure. And then once he finds out that it's Spectre, he then feels, I, I think, more a sense of guilt um, about the existence of Spectre, and then he needs to stop it more so than anything as far as obligations to your country, obligation to your friend, right? Because when when Felix came to him as a friend, he said no. But once he sort of found out that it was two different countries looking for it, he thought, okay, well, that would be kind of cool to see what's going on there. <laughs> and then he becomes Spectre, and now he has guilt. Right. And so yeah. now, so now the, the character seems to be then, at least for this point, thematically just driven by guilt. Right. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's just like when the, when the first thing breaks up, he's, he's, I don't know if he's feeling guilty or being upset with himself because he, he was betrayed by Madeline or hurt or whatever. And he feels guilty there. He decides he's going to live, live in Jamaica for five years. And then now when he even coming back in, it's like he feels guilty because he's like, well, my adoptive brother is still causing problems. So I need to then help stop him. Right. And, and so, and, and I, and I, I find that to be an interesting choice as far as, uh, thematically, what you're going to do with what drives your character, right? And that if your character is driven by guilt, then is this now heavier than a James Bond movie should be? Oh, interesting. Yeah, because it, it, we we shouldn't be spending this much time thinking about this kind of stuff because 
the point of the James Bond adventure is just get on with it. Like, yes, shoot yes. the guy, kiss the girl, drive the car. Like, why are, why are we spending so much time brooding? You're not Batman. Exactly. <laughs> you're not John Wick. You're not mourning your dog. You know, what I mean, right. even even in the even for for a, for a for a perennial character for like for like Sherlock Holmes in the in the Ben Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes, it was an obsession, and so that was one of the things that that was the motivating ver- in that version of the character was he was obsessed with proving that he was the smartest and solving crimes and stuff too, and so you understood that as an underlying character trait. With this particular James Bond, I still don't really know what it is that motivates him why does he do the things that he do even if even at the fifth movie i still don't know why he does what he does yeah there is a he does have the constant uh refrain of where he he has a constant refrain of saying that he had he felt he had no choice and so then it becomes well anytime he has a feeling of choice or a sense of agency he chooses to not do it anymore he chooses either to run away with the woman that he's in love with or to live in solitude. Yeah, and and in action uh for an action movie is not a great motivating factor. <laughs> <laughs> the hero yes. that would rather just not do anything. Exactly. I want I, man, I just want to sit and chill. Just, you know, <laughs> I'm going to eat some Cheerios. It's, it's just a, it was a strange choice. I mean, I, yeah. this is nothing against Daniel Craig, who's yeah. doing right. what he was he was sent there to do. But it's, that does seem to be this underlying, like, world weariness through the yeah. all five yeah, movies is. where it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> there is. So, so then. Okay. Whereas you don't get that with, like, Dom in Fast and Furious. Like, no. Getting older. Has a family, yeah, and right. stuff, but never, 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 never has that like. Oh, I have to drive again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, you know? he's always getting behind the wheel. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's so always getting behind the wheel. He's always getting behind the wheel. He's right. So it's, like, it's, like, it's the it's not the car. It's the driver. Right. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yes. And so then, so okay. So then, now that we've gone to the headier, heavier James Bond to the guilt, right? Now we're starting to we're pivoting and moving, and James is now pivoting and moving more towards the action adventure part of the movie where he's now. And so I would say, and this is the point where the movie actually gets good. Okay. Got it. So when he now, <laughs> so, so the, it was like, it was like, it was like, well, a lot of uh, exposition and setup to finally get to like, Oh good. Some James Bond action. That's exactly. nice. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah. So now he's going to go and nothing uh, against the bridge scene, which was, which was good, but like, well, the bridge still had that great. weird moral ambivalence. Yeah. yeah the, the bridge scene was great. So, yeah, yeah, no, I I liked it a lot. So, okay, so then he's back. So now, uh, so then he has now found out that the new, he's now finding out the new villain, Safin, has, um, whose first name I am going to mispronounce, but I think, oh, Lucifer, uh, which is is an interesting choice. Uh, Lucifer Safin is the, he's now. Because I, honestly, until you said that, I thought his first name actually was Lucifer. Yeah, but I suppose no, that's what they're trying for. I think like that's what they're trying for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's it's Lucifer, which is Lucifer. Yeah, which is an interesting choice to be sure. All right. Yeah. So, um, but okay. So now they found out about Lucifer, and so he's he's, uh, he's now found out that that's who's taking down Spectre, and he's you know modified the drug and figured out find out all this right. And is that then when you say this is where it starts to get good? Is because this is now the point where he then talks to Blowfield. Christoph Waltz has his Christoph. He's Christoph Waltz's it up a bit. Right? And then he, <laughs> sure. if you're gonna get Christoph Waltz, you want the full Christoph oh, I want, Waltz. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, and he, and he was great. I actually, you know, he was great. I, I, Rami Malek was great. I mean, you know, they're they're, they're great actors in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes there and you know has that, and so goes and visits his adopted brother 
inadvertently kills him. And then they go to Norway <laughs> where yeah, exactly yeah, exactly he goes back to Norway where then you know he finds out about his his child. Right now is, is yes. Is, well, but before before we go too far yes. though, uh, don't skip over my favorite character in the movie. Okay, which is Anna Diarmas as Paloma in Cuba. Yes, that was the, that was the, the part where she you was find my out. favorite character in the yes. entire movie. Yes. I want, I want, like I, that. That's who I want to follow from now on. Double yeah. seven in the dirt. <laughs> Just you know, from now on, that's the story I want. Well, because she's the first person in this movie who seemed to be enjoying herself. <laughs> she's like, this is cool. Like, I get yeah. to be a spy and dress up and shoot people and gadgets. This is amazing. Yes, like, yes. to see that enthusiasm and have James Bond with her next to her going, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, this is, I guess. Yeah, we do get to get dressed up and shoot. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> and yes. also completely immune to his charms, which I liked as well. Like, she was yeah. not at all like, Oh, James, she was just like, oh, what do we do now? Like, where yeah. are we going to go? Yeah. Yes. No, I, 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 I agree with that. I think that she, she is great in the movie. And I, I think that her, I definitely want to spend a bit more time talking about her character art and what that character I think means or represents as the overall theme of it as well. Um, but yeah, but so I guess to, to start with, yes, she was awesome. She, she was amazing. The fight scene, the choreography and everything yes. that was, was great. And her character was very interesting. And, and I think in a lot of ways, unique in, in all the James Bond movies and, and, and a, and a good, in a good, in a good way, right? Unique and different in, in a good way as, as, a, as opposed to, um, comparing and contrasting to where that, you know, we're unique and different here in that, well, James Bond is feeling melancholy and sad the whole time. And then he's now moving on to try to then find rekindle. I guess rekindle his relationship with Madeline because he now forgives her because he understands now because because Blofeld just says what Blofeld says, which is all of your pain is because of me, right? So now he's like, oh, so it wasn't her, it was him. So now I'm gonna then you know I'm gonna now try to reconcile with her, and then I meet the little the little girl who seems age appropriate, and you know, <laughs> and, and was like, when I saw you last, you didn't have a daughter, and that would have come up. So, so, so maybe this is mine, right? And so, and even part of the reactions of that, right, where he seems to react kind of like you know surprised the guy would like, oh, okay, I'm a I'm a father now, right? And then he's told that he's not, and he seems to honestly have a sigh of relief to it, right? Where he, I think that he wants to just be like, okay, he's he understands the responsibility of the child, but really all he wants is just to either hang out and do nothing or just hang out with Madeline. Right. And then just, you know, live a life of, you know, leisure and travel and go places. Right. And so then in this pivot of the movie, then, and I'm curious about your reaction, then did you feel that this added to anything as far as the layers of him or the part of his reasons for, for being things? Right. He, he thinks he's this girl's father and he thinks he now has his responsibility. And so when he meets her, he tries to, you know, as much as he can, tries to somewhat bond with her for a little bit before, of course, they're, you know, kidnapped because you know that's what that's what happens in these movies right so but but at least for me i didn't i didn't necessarily find that i got what they were going for but i I just didn't find that it that it added anything to as far as half as far as what he was doing because it just seemed to be like he was taking on the responsibility because he felt he was supposed to not because it was what he like he didn't have like some change of heart or anything yeah, I see, what you're, I see what you're talking about there. I, I think what it added mostly was tension. 
Uh, because I can tell you, I went to see this with my wife. She's she's not a, the biggest James Bond fan, but she does like a big action movie. Uh, and so she went and I, 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 she didn't even remember if she'd seen the last two. So obviously it did not stick with her. Um, but she, she you know, was excited about this and wanted to go see it and stuff too. And I can tell you that when they take a child and put that child into an action sequence, that that activates the mama bear gene. Because she okay. was gripping my arm yeah. so hard through that chase scene with the, they put a child in a car seat, you know, mama's with their stuff too, but there's still cars flipping around and gunfire and all that kind of stuff. It was like, like raising the hackles on the back of her neck. Like she was really, really uncomfortable with that. Right, kind so of it stuff. raises and, the stakes. having the kid. Yeah, it does raise the stakes. So having the child, putting it in there, I think raises the stakes up and, and makes it so that there's an extra level of tension through all of that stuff and all the way through even when they finally get when they get to the the villain's evil lair there's a having a child there cuz like we know James is going to be fine i mean you know the the girl the, the he's was probably yeah, i know <laughs> but but that's the but that's the formula like you were talking about the yeah. James formula is he'll be fine like so he'll get shot on the shoulder or the knee and it'll you know it'll be fine and then the girl will probably die because there's when you sleep with James Bond it's that, a death sentence that's what happens yeah <laughs> but the, that's the formula right? exactly you make um, it to the credit so, and you die so but <laughs> having that that kid in there is an x factor we have not seen before in james bond and it, it raises the tension and and makes it so like okay we're in unfamiliar territory here and i don't know how to feel about that yeah i can i can i can see that and and that did maybe potentially help out some with the, the movie but then moving forward from there um I, I find that i guess this is where i find where i have a weird pivot point right but i'll just i'll stick with james bond and kind of what he's doing from there so they get kidnapped you know the, so madeline and Chaga get kidnapped as you do Sure, as you do. Yeah, you know, as you do. And then, and great, then, so great action sequence. Another great action sequence in the yes. in the woods. In the woods, yes. No, that was a really good action sequence. And then you, you know, killed the uh, Morgan Ash, which was the CIA sidekick. Oh right, right. Yeah, exactly. right, yeah, exactly. Another yeah. one of those, like, like. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. Killed. <laughs> Another that guy. plot thread, just whoosh. Exactly. Yeah, right just gonna kill him. Yeah, and move on. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was really great uh, sequence there as, as well. And then you know they they move forward to the you know to the really the penultimate scene, right? Where they find out where the lair is, and then they discover what Safin's plan is to do is to kill all the people, and then he goes and he and he goes to rescue them, right? James Bond goes and he goes to rescue them, and they they're gonna stop. They they he want goes to stop to the poison goes garden, to the, exactly. He goes to the poison garden to to stop them and to to, to stop Safin from his plan, rescue his girlfriend and kid, right? You know, rescue rescue them, and then you know you, you think. Would you say it's his baby mama? I believe that's one hundred percent accurate. Yeah, he's rescuing his baby mama, and 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 and, and his baby. So he's and his baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all good. Um. So yeah. So he's going to go rescue them, and then you know, you, as you would expect, then he was going to go, and then all right, all right, he's going to go. He's going to rescue them, and then he's going to move on, right? And so here, though, he has, I think, two, three things. I think there's a couple things that happen, right? So you know, uh, jump to the end. Is, is one of those so, things that the movie starts to fall apart. Because that's how I feel. Okay. <laughs> I feel like the movie's so, been poisoned by the poison so, garden. So, so then, how about the, let's, let's explore that for a second before I move on to my my just say why why he why is this the point where you feel the movie's starting to fall apart? Like getting there is fine. Like and and I loved 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 seeing 007 and 007 
uh, going side by side and working together because we've never really seen that before, especially in the Daniel Craig series. Like an- working with another agent of a similar skill set and working together and commands and throwing weapons back and forth, like that kind of stuff. That was great. And even getting there in the plane and the which turns into a sub and all great. Yeah. But when we get to pure supervillain time, that is when I feel like I am lost. Like, uh, and and I'm sure we'll, we'll get to talk about the supervillain plans, but like I, I was sort of with them all the way along. Even even the weirdness of, of the opening sequence and how Rami Malek looks exactly the same. Yeah, you know, 15 years later, at least 15. never explained. Yeah, yeah, at least 15, if at not more. At least 15. I haven't done I, the I math exactly 20, of like what her age is, but maybe 20 right, years or whatever. He, but it looks exactly well, the same. Well, I, I just go under the assumption that while you know she's clearly younger than James, I just I just go with that she's like 30. Right. Yeah, that sounds right. about right. And so she's thirty, and this the first scene happens. She's ten, ten to ten. That's twenty years. Twenty years. And he looks exactly the same. Yeah. Man, that's some good genes, Rami. It <laughs> sure is. I mean, yeah, I mean, he had a mild skin condition, but you know, other than that, yeah, exactly. Like, must have like that. stopped the aging process he too, did. because yeah. yeah, it looks the same. Uh, so uh, when you when you when you start to understand sort of what's going on there, and it's like, okay, so his family was killed by Spectre. He was the last survivor, so he dedicated his life to destroying Spectre. And you go, oh, okay, that's interesting because he and James are sort of in the line. Like, when he talks about we're the same, it was like, oh yeah, at that point you are like you both have a a similar goal. Like you could have even teamed up at one point, you know, like and and to help take and and. He's really good at it. Like he he does it. He actually like he does what James Bond hasn't been able to do in the last you know four movies or whatever. He takes down Spectre. He does. So, and and at that and, and at that point you're like, wow, okay, way to go, guy. High five. And then then it takes a turn, and I don't understand because the turn seems to happen off screen. Because by the time we actually get to have a sit down with him, he's gone full on Doctor Doom, and I don't know why. Like. It start from like I hate these guys. I'm gonna take revenge. I'm gonna kill them all. Done. Now everybody's gotta die. What? Wait. Hold on. Wait. Why? Like what? 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 I, I, that was where it completely lost me because he goes. He's monologuing and doing all of the stuff a supervillain does. But like, what do you want? Like what? <laughs> what? Like all the people you hated are dead, and you did it. You decide to take a a specific super weapon designed to kill a specific person or type people and decide to turn it into what every disease is like what? Like, yes, I don't understand why (laughs) this one is so much better because you could also drop a nuke and do the same thing. Like, because, because, and and my wife and I like debate this all the way home because I I said, this is where the movie completely lost me because why does he want to just kill random people? Because, if they, if they, the thing is, they're trying, to, they're trying to play both sides. The, the the filmmakers are trying to play both sides. They're trying to be like, oh, he's a super evil guy, so therefore you need to be on James' side. That James is going to kill him, but they don't want to say the word genocide because that's <laughs> what he wants to do. It but, is what he wants to do. Yes, but why? <laughs> like, because I mean, we, we see we see flat out racism from the scientist like out of nowhere, but we'd have no idea. What ethnicity does he not like? Like what? Like what? Why are you so mad at people in Central Europe, which is apparently where you're going to set up? Is that what it is? Is it like because you're maybe Japanese? Because they even like kind of allude to that and the mask and the the stuff in the Zen Garden and stuff too. What is your nationality? 
who do you hate and why? Like, tell me. This is a, <laughs> a three-hour movie. Yeah. And it's you have a lot of really long monologues for Rami to say. At some point, put in there, and that's why I hate the Koreans. And you go, oh, okay. Then now I yeah, get it. <laughs> you, you, you took, like, a specific weapon designed to kill individual people, which is amazing and deadly and terrifying, and you made it into just another thing that kills a bunch of people. Uh, wow. Good job. There's my rant. You had yours at the start. I had mine in the middle. All you. <laughs> let's then just let's put a pin in James and pivot around to 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 to, to Lucifer Safin. Lucifer, sorry, Lucifer Safin. So here's the thing that I I think with him as well, right? So thematically with him, I I had I had the exact same issue, right? So he his he really just well stated all of the things as far as the reasons and everything he did, right? There was really a couple things, though, that I did not, I also didn't understand as well with him was he had this attachment to Madeline for reasons I didn't just because, like, he saved her life, right? And, and, and also, here's where part of his character arc as well, I thought, where they missed, that the, some things were missed with him was that relationship, right? Because when he revisits Madeline in her doctor's office, right, at this point, like, when they have that whole conversation, you, th- you as the viewer, think Madeline knows who he is, right? And it isn't until the end you're like, wait, you don't know who that was? Like, you know, because I thought, like, maybe they, that she, he helped raise her or something, right? Like, right, because we don't know. Because we don't know. Because it like, ends with him, like, in the ice, yeah, exactly. standing over her in the ice, and that's it. Right, and, he, cut, he, and clearly, then... clearly he pulls her out because she's alive. Right. And so they yeah. say all that, right? But then that's it. And so then it's like, oh, wait, so you don't know who this person is. You haven't seen them and you don't, you know, so, so then, so now because of that, because of that part of that, that non-attachment, like, you know, she doesn't know who he is. They didn't, you know, like he didn't raise her or anything like that. His attachment to her then seems to be just to drive the plot forward, right? There's, there's no other real reason for that. Right. And so, and I think that, you know, cause and to me, that is also that everything you described to along, alongside with that, everything you described to is to me part of what. I found vexing and confusing about the, about that character of Lucifer Sapphire, right? Because, you know, you really hit the nail on the head. Why is he doing this? Why is he just decided to, okay, everybody must die. Like, okay. Yeah. But so, and, and so, and that, that confusion, the head scratching then makes it where then does it, it's a big evil thing. Sure. But then is there any satisfaction then derived from that when, when when James Bond finally then stops him, right? Or do you feel, or does everything feel more like, well, you can't let him kill the world, so we <laughs> might as well stop, right? Right, exactly. So, that, like, it, it, like it, as as Matt Fraction says, because the genre demands it. Like, why are we in a big super villain layer? Because the genre demands it. Like, why? If he already has the ultimate weapon, which he now has, why does he still have people making poison? there shouldn't this whole it would have been I think I mean we we would have lost a lot of great action but like to have James show up and it's just him because you don't need employees at this point because all all, like your 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 stupid nanobots are gonna do all the job there why are you having anybody making acid anymore like why are you have anybody in the labs they're not doing anything yeah that 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 dude could go and hang out in James's abandoned place in Jamaica with a good satellite <laughs> uplink and do the same job because yeah. all he's doing is typing. Yeah. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yes. <laughs> but but because it's a James Bond movie, it has to be in a supervillain lair. There has to be henchmen for him to kill. Uh, and there there has to be like the, the big supervillain monologue, you know, where, where James can't just kill him. Because if James like came out and there he was sitting there, he'd just shoot him. But no, you have to like, oh, you have to have it that there's guys around and, you know, anything that if he throws the pillow, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's because the, the daughter was still there. Well, right. James did. And once again, fair, raising he, the stakes, raising the tension. Yes, but also to be fair, James did try to shoot him. He did. Right, right. He just got good, him. He got good away on you, James. Good. Right. He did try yeah. to shoot him. Like, like, and that's part of where the daughter was like, yeah, maybe raise the stakes for the audience members. But James was like, look, I just met this girl. So, <laughs> so, the, world, the world, the girl. The girl mm. Yeah. That girl I knew for five minutes, who I've that's been right. told is not mine. That's right. <laughs> and the world. I'm going to shoot. Right. So that's what he did. Because he didn't know what would happen when he shot at him. You know, that why he would hide her. You know, that, or that uh, Sappin's reaction would be to just run and hide for some reason with them and not, you know, harm the, harm the girl in any way. Like, you know, he had no way of knowing that. So, and, and, and speaking of bizarre motivations, then when they go down there and the girl doesn't want to go with him, he's like, well, then you can go back to your mom. And she's like, okay. And she leaves. I'm like, wait, hold on. Yeah. Like <laughs> you transferred your bizarre attachment to the mother, which we still don't understand why over to the daughter. And then as soon as she bites your hand, you're like, now you're dead to me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he just gives up. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, well. It's it's the island of bizarre motivation. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> there is not a lot to... So I, I think that there, that is really just of a piece of it, and I think we're finding that we're getting a similar opinion here of this, where the movie, while... And I want to give this one caveat of positivity. Wow, well done. Right there's a lot there's a lot of good action stuff here. Everything is well done. Is confusing and therefore it creates situations that don't make sense. It's confusing. There's a bit of a and 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 it makes it where you have a lot of a little too much of. Well, we're doing this just cause, right? And not yes. for not yeah, for exactly not because, for any, because not for any, we're caught in the, the the gears of the plot. Exactly. And so we yeah, must move here. in this direction. Yes. Yes. We're here just cause. not so, because of character, yeah. but because this is where the right. movie is going. And so yeah. let's all go in the same right. direction. And so since we're at the point before, because I want to, I want to. Yeah. So we're, we're at the apex now. So I will, I, I will say, but before we get into the the, the final final, um, the one thing I actually that actually had a emotional reaction for me is when they're running through the building and the girl comes out from under the table. And she's like, and like reconnects with her mom. It was like, oh, like it was like the catharsis. It was oh, like, really? the, oh, yeah, yeah. that all that stuff is done. And I had a genuine emotional, like, oh my God, like it was a real, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, in a James Bond movie, I don't think I've ever had any emotional reaction other than, huh, huh, oh, hmm. Like I was, I was really had a genuine emotion. Like, oh, good, the kid's safe. Woo! <laughs> so it wasn't at the end thing. It was that part. It was. It I did it not was, have that reaction at all. Yeah, so, I know. It's yeah. like a weird, the weird emotional <laughs> yeah, thing. You yeah, never yeah. know where it's going to come from. And all of a sudden, I'm like, awesome. oh, yeah. I genuinely am like pleased and like dwelling up a little bit. Like, oh, okay. But then, but then, you know, then he puts them on a boat. He puts them on a boat, and off they go. And then it just becomes James versus the supervillain. It, it does. It does. And so. And, and here's, I guess I want to put a button, James, because there's, there's a couple of things, uh, other characters I want to talk about before we, uh, bef- before we wrap up. But the, so this is my take or understanding on what the sacrifice he makes at the end, right? 
So, so he, 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 you know, he, he didn't say <laughs> if you've come this, this, this far and you don't know that James Bond dies, then yeah, well, I just he, spoiled it for this you. Is the, yeah, you, you look, <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, this is the wrong show. Yeah, so, sorry, but, but, but you know, gonna, you're still we're welcome. We're going to get to the end. I mean, we're it's gonna, strange, we're, but we'll take a while to get there. But yeah, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to make it. So, um, the, uh, Okay, so we're at the end, all right? And so he has the penultimate fight, and he gets the nanobots on him that, because Safin made nanobots that would kill Madeline and uh, kill Eminem for whatever reason. and Because, uh, just okay. Be, yeah, just because, to drive the plot. And that, of course, in the fight gets, uh, that those bots get all over uh, James and uh, Safin. So now James cannot be with them again. So the penultimate part of it of course is when they're going to have the missiles to blow up the island to destroy the to destroy everything to truly stop the bad guy because you have to blow the whole thing up to do that which makes some sense in this case right right which so, by, by the way having him infected with the nanobots is the perfect way to get him back into the double o program it's the it's the it's the strangest plot thing that they put in there because they put it in as this is the motivation for him to die he can never be with the 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 woman that he loves and the child that he now has learned is his. Oh, how how awful. I could surely just die. Or you could go back to work because all the things that have kept you from being a double O agent are now gone. They have they have because of, of what he gave you, all basically the only thing that's gonna ever hurt are them. So you can just pretend to die. Go back to work at Double O and just will live the rest of your life as a great agent and help the the rest of the world. You don't have to die just because you don't get to be with the one you love. You could help other people. You could be selfless. You could go and like go back to work doing the thing that the country paid for you to be able to do and you're really good at. Well, here we are, Kyle. Where you jumped ahead of the point I was about to swim. Oh, make, so. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to <laughs> but I just—it was the one thing. I'm like, I'm like, oh, clearly that's where they're going because I mean, it's so obvious. But like, oh no, they're doing the. I came with the one I loves, so I should die. Yes, because I should die because I'm not going to then make it out to then do the. They did the bay doors to give you a little bit of plausibility, but even then, it's like you know, I've seen enough James Bond. He could have made it out of there, right? James Bond's been in tougher situations. He'd he'd have made that run. And so, yeah, so then, you know, they, they, yes. And so I honestly think you probably have already answered my question. So, <laughs> so, so instead of asking it and having you repeat everything you just said, let's talk about the death of james bond no 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 let's just let's just move. let's 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 just you already answered the questions i think you well, already said i, I did I but to... however i i have had some of my friends who have seen this are very angry about this but very dying? like how how dare you kill james bond how dare you i mean a lot of of pearl clutching has been going on oh, amongst my okay. friends so i want that. i would like to yeah so i would like to hear your thoughts what do you think about seeing james bond die on screen I like how they did it, and also the fact that they did it. Here, here, here's, here's okay. So here's my take, which is going to be very different from your friends. I am fine with it. I actually think it was a good thing because I didn't see James Bond die on screen. I saw this dude has been playing this character <laughs> called James Bond die on screen. James Bond didn't uh, die. You know on what? Screen. You know what? Right? I walked right into that so, one. Yeah, I, I so opened the door. You were right there. Right, and so, so honestly, what I think they did, which I. 
I was curious going in how they're going to get out of this pickle, and I think they did a good job of getting out of this. This particular pickle was they've made something different that is not James Bond. So now that they've decided that Daniel Craig actor is no longer going to do this anymore, how do you do you just plug someone else in, like a new actor in, and keep going and saying that this new actor had all these experiences Daniel Craig's character had, or do you now are you now forced to reboot the whole thing again? and go back to, the, like, you're basically making Casino Royale 4, right, you know, or whatever, like, you know, you're going back to it, or, you know, or, or or you can, like, I don't know, just go to the old formula that they had before, right? So, I found that th- what I don't like about these movies is, apparently, I am a James Bond purist. I saw this in a review Ooh. that purists may not be happy with these movies, and that is me. I've never thought of myself as a purist, but apparently I am. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna own, I'm gonna own my... Uh, I'm going to own my stuff with this. You're, so, you're among friends. I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm going to own it there. All right. Now, so what they did was by killing him, allowed the whatever the next movie is to have a choice. They can reboot, right? They can go home to the way and reboot and do that, go that route, or they can return to form, right? Because you could enter, you could pick, uh, let's say Idris Elba, who'd be awesome. You could throw Idris Elba in, and if you start making the old formulaic movies the the what james bond really you know the actual james bond movies what they really are you can throw his album in he's mid-career go right it's totally fine you don't have to explain anything if he's alive maybe you do right maybe you do maybe you don't you know the, him being alive at the end would create problems of well what do you do with the fact that he's alive and so what i think they did is that they realized hey we have jeffrey right here so these five movies have just been one big, long James Bond what if. <laughs> well, I mean, aren't all James Bond actors, like, aren't they all in parallel dimensions? No. If you want to get metaphysical about it? No, no, it's all just a continuation. It's, it's, it's <laughs> so all, it's, you you it's, think it's the same guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just keep going on. Yeah, yeah, because he just, he just, he, he doesn't <laughs> until, age. Uh, until Daniel Craig. Yeah, well, yeah, they, well, they, that's different. They, they went continuing. Well, with how, that. how do you explain the original Casino Royale with Sir David Niven? Exactly. So it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about it. So that's that's the <laughs> <laughs> so so Oh, so you're going with the uh, the 007 Time Lord theory, it, where he just regenerates. He just regenerates. It's fine. It doesn't matter, <laughs> okay. right? Okay. He just goes on and does whatever he does, right? And so I don't think that. I mean, like, if you, to me, I, I do believe you can sit down and really start thinking hard about that question and about those things, about, the, you know, what it is, like, is, is he regenerating? Is it a different person every time? What are they doing when they change the actors? Blah, blah, blah. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm not going for that. Right. I'm, you know, you, you're going for, if I want to continue, if I want a good tight continuum, you know, continuity, uh, which is words that are really hard to say sometimes when you say it out loud. <laughs> if I want any of that, I'm going to go to, I have two sources now, Star Trek and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Other than that, other than that, I'm like, you know what, just, you know, with these James Bond ones, it's more like, hey, this is, this is action entertainment of a formula of a thing that I like, and I want to see that thing, right? So, so yeah, so they can just swap in the actors, you know, swap them in and out and everything. You have a new James Bond. He has a new adventure. You just set the problems in modern times, you know, because I think in the, early, in the early 60s ones, he's dealing with NASA and the space program. So that's not going to work now, right? And so you just, you know, you create a new problem, but then it's just, it, you're, you're in it for the entertainment of what it is. It is a cool guy who's, you know, driving these fast cars. He has these nice gadgets. He's, you know, playing 
whatever card game you know, used to be Baccarat and you know, it could be Hold'em now. Who cares? Whatever card game he's, you know, he's eating at the fancy places. He's doing, he's living a rich life. And in the meantime, he gets to say, periodically save the world. That's what we're in for. That's what we want to see. And that's what these movies did not give us. Right. They gave us, they gave us something else. And so, but circling all that back around, killing him was good. It allows, <laughs> it creates a freedom to okay. then go back to form. Okay. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think killing him, I think was, was great in terms of, well, you've never seen that before. You know, it's it, like, it's, we actually got to see like James Bond die essentially. Like the, there's no way of getting out of that, that, and, and everybody mourned him. Like it was clear that that, that was the thing. But I also saw it as a, a gesture of respect from the broccolis to Daniel Craig for all the stuff he had done. Like he's the only James Bond actor who ever got to die as James Bond. That like there, there is a definitive ending to his run. Like none of the other ones, they just, they just stopped doing it. And then somebody else just suddenly, you know, picks up the gun and the, and, and straightens their tie and off they go. But this, like you're saying stops. So then when they start, whenever they do next, it is not the same guy. Whoever they have as, as the next James Bond, and, and we're going to find that out, you know, in six months or whatever. Um, and I, I, my prediction is a white middle-aged British dude. <laughs> so not because the broccolis. I, I don't think the broccolis are, are are interested in doing anything inter- different or uh, at all. So we'll see. Uh, would Edgar be great? Yes. Would be Would he be a fool to take the role? Also, yes, because I think it would be, do serious harm to his career because he's going great places. And I think James Bond would just basically take him out of circulation for like five years. And all he would get is people just like, ugh. Oh, people man. making podcasts about how terrible James Bond, <laughs> his, his run as James Bond were. Well, well um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, 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 no, so but I, that's how I, that's how I saw it. I, I thought it was great because I was, I was genuinely surprised. In a, in a film series that does not deliver a lot of surprises, one thing I will give No Time to Die is it genuinely surprised me multiple times. So you were surprised that he died? Yes, because because I thought that when they uh, even when they did the the nanobots on him, I thought, oh, there it is. That's how that's how they get him back into the service. Oh, he, okay. Like I thought they would do the big explosion and it'd be and then like the weeping and then it would be like her and and the girl standing over his grave like. James, and then like they pull back, and there's M and him under an umbrella. Like, I could never be with them, but I can be with you, M. Let's go kill some foreigners. Like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I really thought that was the way of them. Like, wow. James Bond adventures continue. You just don't get to see them anymore. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, okay, I, I, can, I can see that. Then I, I never thought that the second he, the second the M and M left, and uh, he, uh. The, he had 007 take the other Eminem, take Eminem out. At that point, I was like, oh, well, they've all left the place. And I was like, he's not leaving. He's not, he's not, it's a one way trip for him. Right. And so, yeah, so I, 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 I just assumed he was going to die. Cause I never, I never thought they would be that, that adventurous in, in filmmaking. Well, I, I guess it, it, to me, because it's like, like you were saying, there's he, a formula and I thought they would just follow the formula. Well, they're not they're, They have, they've been breaking the formula at this point, And also they have the thing where he, um, you know, he, he, they already knew he wasn't coming back, right? If they killed him where people thought he was coming back, well, now we've got something, but they, you knew he wasn't coming back. So you might as well kill him. And then that way that you can, you know, let, let whoever takes the mantle, do something else, because this is not, you know, they, they made a, they've made a encapsulated five movie story, right? And so 
Yeah. So that you made a story where your hero just, yeah, he dies at the end. So uh, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised. I would have been surprised had he lived, you, you know, because, because, and, and I think part of that was because the motivation that you are attributing to him that now is the perfect way for him to get back to everything that clearly he doesn't have. He, yeah. He, well, as we talked he, about, he never, right. He, why never he, he left did. as soon as he broke up with her. Yeah. True. He never did. Very true. He, he, he didn't have it in Casino Royale. He, I mean, he quit in every movie except Quantum of Solace. He quit. Right. So, right. So, right. yeah. So, I mean, it's but, assuming because yeah. Spectre, he quit at the end of Spectre, although you didn't realize that's what was happening, but that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> So he quit at the end of every, he quit at every movie except for Quantum of Solace. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I guess though, but the, to, to just uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on since we've now really heavily dissected James Bond and to, <laughs> and to some degree, uh, to some degree, Lucifer Sapin. Let's true. talk about Paloma. Anna de Armas, right? So ah, okay. She, yeah. Her character. Actually, we, we can we can just d- expand this out to just talk about the supporting cast entirely. Absolutely, yes. Well, I was going to I mean, like, start with her. I say, well, I don't know how long you want the show to go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to make it a little more freewheeling, just because I know people want to get on with their lives. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> no, no, we're we're doing this podcast. Okay. Look, James yeah, Bond. Buckle two, in. Look, no time to die was two hours and forty three minutes. I think I, I I hear that number and I think challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> we're going for two forty four. Exactly. So, <laughs> and the thing is, the people who are listening to this yeah. already know exactly how long it is, but we don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So. <laughs> no time to pause. <laughs> wow. All right. So so Paloma, all right, who I thought was great in it and a great uh addition and idea of james bond where it was the i don't know if this is a first because michelle Yeoh's character really kind of does this as well in uh in the in the goodness the world is not enough tomorrow never dies where he meets up with an agent now the uniqueness with her was that she in 15 minutes goes from really which we found out is acting as if She's new, has no idea what's going on. I've been here for three weeks. Oh my goodness, I'm super Star Trek. Hey, hey, Mr. Bond, you're amazing, right? Two, no, I'm I am also a total badass and can handle myself in all these situations. And I'm gonna then fight these people hand to hand, and then I'm gonna shoot them and kill them and you know, figure figure everything out and actually be an asset to the mission. And so I think that not only that that short arc of, of everything, but then also the fact that, you know, the the fact that yes, I I, I liked A. She was, you know, pretty much an equal with him, right? That it wasn't, it wasn't a, at no point in time did he really have to like save her, right? That, right. you know, you know, not like, and like save her in that damsel in distress mode. You know, there's a couple times where like, yeah, maybe someone else had the drop on him and he shot that person or, and vice versa happens, but that's all action movies, right? The, yeah, that, that's that's the just same buddy thing. cop stuff. Exactly. That's all just buddy cop, normal, normal fare, right? So, and that, and that, and even at the end, it was a, hey, this was fun. If you're ever back in Cuba, maybe we'll go have a, what are they going to go to a cigar for? No, they got a yeah, cigar for Felix. Like they got a cigar for Felix. They were going to go like have a drink at a bar or something like that if you ever come back in town, right? And then that was it. And so I, I found that to be an interesting interaction, not only A, that they had that type of a character, but B, that, that in, in, in the James Bond universe here, that that character is female. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I, true. I, so yeah. So for me personally, I did find um, not only a, the, the, the performance and everything in the story was great with it, but that it was, it was very refreshing to be, Hey, this is basically a platonic relationship. That's platonic two ways, both ways. Right. 
And, and so, yeah, yeah, there so was that. no no <laughs> element of Nikolovna on the top. I mean, like none of that yeah, sort of, of that. like wink, wink, James Bond, flirty. Exactly. Not, it was just like, no, they're both professionals here to do their job. Yeah, 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 exactly. And the so yeah, and the, and the same could be same for the new 007, which yep. was also also female, where they she started with the flirtiness, which I thought was mm-hmm. an interesting twist. Where yeah. when she first meets right. him, she starts she, flirting with him and like yeah. to get him think think that's what's going to happen. Right. And then he, just, he, he brings just, her right into her in, his house, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, the same way yeah. that James and, has and, talked his way into yeah. all these secure areas. Well, exactly, she's yeah. like in, in like in the middle of your room, man. Yeah. Like exactly, yeah, yeah. She talked her way in. She used she she used the the hint of like something would happen here to, to get what you wanted, and then turned and said, "Hey, this is the deal. If you get my way, I'll kill you." Right, and that, that was, and yeah. also like, also like, oh, now I've seen this. Yeah. Not impressed. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so, kind of amazing that they took the amount of time and energy to develop the secondary characters when they're just going to disappear. I, it's, I guess maybe I'm just too Marvel at this point. Like when a character pops, I kind of think, oh, they should do a spinoff. They should do a series. They should do like that. But like all these characters that they spent all this time developing money, Penny and M was actually more interesting in this than he has been in, in previous ones and the double seven and her like, th- and they're all gone. Like, it's just like, why did you spend all this time and energy making me like these people when you're just going to erase them from history? Because James Bond's about to reboot, you know, but, but at the same time, also a good job in filmmaking because you made me like the characters. So uh, this is this is this is uh, the the interconnected metaverse is too you know saturated into my head now. It is well, and they they could do the one step further, which would then be where um, J- James Bond purists like myself would say, okay, well now this is we've gone a whole different way. This is a whole different movie. I need to appreciate it on different terms. Is um, carrying that through line right, allowing. Uh, Lasana Lynch, that actress that played the 007 Nomi, to be the next 007. And then they could just stay in this universe and move forward, right? So, and they, just, yeah, just be that like 007. The 007, right. James Bond. Instead of James Bond, right. Well, right, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, do, and do it that way. But, you know, I don't think they're, they're I, I don't think they, I don't think they can do that with the rights. I think 007 has to be named James Bond with the, with the rights and everything. But yeah, but they, they could do that. Well, I, I think so. I mean, if, if yeah, if to, to keep that character. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, in the same way that like there's a there's a Pennyworth television series about the the early adventures of Batman's butler. I don't see why they can't go and have, you know, Money Penny have her own thing, you know, money like Money Penny and Q and 007. Like, why can't that be a thing? Yeah, it, it could be that the change of 00 is out. She has to be 00 sure. something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, double, yeah. Double, double two or double else. three or whatever. Yeah. Just, yeah, some of them. Well, I've heard 006 is available. Uh, yo, yeah, it, it is, but that's <laughs> 006 turns evil every time. So, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's the story. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I think though that um, the one thing that that I guess I wanted to bring up that I thought was interesting in the fully rounding of Nomi as a character was that not only was she this, you know, so she's clearly confident woman that had to then fight and do various things and obviously had to have her two kills to get to become a double O and everything, you know, and do and do everything it took to get there, but then still had this awkward insecurity about the number. Right. You, you know, and that, that, that in essence she, she was, it was, it was a, it was a welcome change for the supporting characters of, well, she's, you know, she, she's really, you know, kind of a tough, hard as nails, able to do everything, the, uh, all the, all the stuff that you're going to do as a double O. But then being able to be a fully formed human person with this this insecurity that we, 
you kind of relate to where you're kind of like, you know, like, you know, if I'm 007 and we, he will double what, you, you know, that's yeah. I get, you, you know, and it's like, yeah. And so I, I found that to be an interesting, very nice touch of, of the movie and of the, the arc of that character to say, Hey, you know what? She's, she's great. Just not perfect. You know, she has this thing that, you know, that's a weird thing that, that any, any one of us understands what happened. There's a couple of different ways they could have gone with that. And I think they made the good choice because it could have been that she is by the book exactly what M wants. Like that she like, like, oh, I don't go out. I don't disobey. Like I do what I'm told. Like I'm I am a weapon of the state. And they and they do that. Or they also could have been her sabotaging him along the way of like, I'm the new guard. You're the old guard. Go, you know, go back to bed, grandpa. But they didn't do that either. It's like all these things that that could easily have done that we've seen a bunch of times they steered away from them which as we know james bond is not big away from steering away from the <laughs> the cliches well no, not not the good james bond movies anyway that's <laughs> <laughs> all i have cliche tons of cliche all right so okay so then overall so let's just let's just talk about it so then uh, overall given the given the bar that you said earlier right uh did this movie was this movie below did it meet did it exceed uh, the expectations that you had going in. Uh, it, it pretty much was exactly what I thought it was going to be. I mean, like I, I like I said, I was pleased uh, that it 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 varied for a couple of things, and that surprised me a couple of times. But I'm <laughs> I basically am am pleased that it didn't disappoint me. <laughs> so going in, I was sort of like, because uh, I, I, there's a couple of like I I thought Quantum Solace was was hot garbage. Like I mean, I think that I thought it was like like that that seems like fan fiction and not even good fan fiction. Um, and but and and I've seen like the the Daniel Craig ones sort of get to a certain point and they just kind of go, eh, good enough. Uh, and and this one too. So I actually thought that the fact they they took the time to, to take some chances to do some different stuff was pretty good. So I was. I was pleased that I wasn't disappointed by it. Okay. So. Nice, nice. Well, <laughs> <laughs> which is That's, faint praise. That, I is, that is, that is very faint praise. So what about you? Then, uh, okay. So then for me, uh, AL, before I, before I say that, uh, on rewatch quantum of solace actually isn't that bad, especially if you watch it in Casino Royale back to back and you recognize it's one movie, right? Once you, once you, re- if you watch Casino Royale and quantum solace and realize it's one movie, Quantum of Solace isn't that bad, right? Also, it, it does have the better theme song, so <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, that, yeah. So um, anyway, the so for me, so for me, given my expectations and everything going into it, I did not expect to like this movie, and I liked it less than I expected. Um, I think that it had two major problems going to one. I already kind of understood that James Bond wasn't this version of James Bond is he's just not for me. Right. And so uh, I already knew that like, okay, going into it, I expected, all right, well, they're going to do some stuff with this character that I'm not going to like. And I didn't like, and then also I didn't like that. I realized more and more, especially since I watched it the four on pre on, on the uh, really soon before I, I didn't like that. He just seems to be like, yes, I'm forced to do this. Right. And so therefore I don't want to do this and I want to just, you know, do not do nothing. Right. So I, I'm already not liking that. They, doubled and tripled down on that they also doubled and tripled down on the whole if you hadn't seen the other movies this movie i don't think makes sense right right i like i would be very curious about someone that only came in and saw this one like like do you even understand what any of this stuff is that's going on right you know because because if you think about it too if this was your first one 
you came in and watched, you know, Ian Fleming's, you know, J- Daniel Craig is Ian Fleming's 007, James Bond, right? And he's at the beginning of the movie, not James Bond. He's retired. Right. Yeah. So, so right. it's like he's, he's he's starting off with like, okay, well, I thought I was going to see an action spy movie, and I'm seeing the dude is retired. Yeah, and they make such a big deal of of him falling in love with like this particular woman, and I, I was like, as I was starting watching the movie, I'm like, I don't remember you. Like, what? Like, I know you were in a previous movie, but like, I don't remember what your history was, what your deal was. Like, at least with Vesper, you kind of got that they were, and if not a perfect match and like equally thing that she also had a lot of other stuff going on that she was really intelligent and knew the, this world and stuff too. And they were a much better pair. I mean, like I, this, I'm, I'm sounding like we're getting into like friends territory here. Like <laughs> I don't like Ross and Rachel. I think that Ross, um, but they were a much better pair. Like I, it, it, if you had to pick one on person to be like, James Bond's going to give up everything for and live off. Like you kind of go her really? Yeah. No, you, you, you very much do. And with and I, I felt the same way when, with the Vesper Lind one, even though at the time I was like, well, they're going to figure out how to bring her back, right? Which they did yeah, by killing that, her. Yeah, that was my thought, too. If they her, found but, a way to bring her back, then the emotional stakes would have been so much higher because you're like, oh, it's 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 her. Like, it's the one he was willing to throw everything away right, for. Right, yeah, exactly. As opposed yeah. to, like, eh, the latest yeah. one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. No, I, I seriously, because, yeah, Vesper Lind did make more, even in the movie when I saw the time, it made more sense. I got where he was, where he was going with it. And so, um, but yeah, anyway, so so that part was bad. I think we've already addressed that. For me, the <laughs> for me the what made it worse was the bad villain, right? And so I I I judge a lot of these movies by the villain, and when the villain does what I consider uh, stupid things that get him to where he loses, I don't like, right? Because you have someone who basically he took down Spectre and has all this power and can actually do everything he wanted to do if he doesn't kidnap, you know. Madeline, it was Madeline Matilda. So Eminem, if he doesn't kidnap them, nothing gets in his way, right? And then when he kidnaps them, he does it for no real apparent reason. And he seems to have no motivation for why he wants to kill everybody. But either way, he basically ends up losing this stuff because he makes these stupid decisions that have no meaning, no fruit. They don't matter in any single way, not only to the to the movie as a whole, but they, they, they're they just there as service to the plot and nothing else. And so when the villain when the villain is horrible too, if I don't like the villain or the hero, well then I mean this is just hot garbage. For me. Yeah, it, it's interesting just because uh, because I have, there's a, some movies obviously that have made deep impressions on my brain and one of them of course is Iron Man 2 because I spent 150 episodes talking about it. But I see... The, the uh, Rami Malek is being the same as Whiplash from Iron Man Two. Like he said, he like he like had a beef, set a goal, accomplished that goal, and then through the back half of the movie, he goes, "Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What is your motivation? What is your plan?" Yeah. Like, like I'm with you, like all the way through, like you had a legitimate thing. You accomplished the thing you set out to do. You made God bleed. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. then the second half, you kind of go, uh, I don't know, big robot suit, fight a guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it all gets, it's yes. all gets weird and nebulous about a yeah. thing. And, and the same thing happens here. Exactly. So, well, all right. So then I guess neither one of us were giant fans of this movie. So, no. No, and and but in keeping with the uh, letterbox, the letterbox themes, uh, what would you rate this movie out of out of one to five stars? I think three stars. Three stars, mm-hmm. with or without a heart. 
Without a heart. Without a heart. No heart. No love no heart. for you. No. But I, I would say of the five James Bond, uh, Daniel Craig movies, I don't think I would give a heart to any of them. Not even Casino Royale? Not even Casino Royale. I, I started watching Casino Royale again, and I was I, there was some, there's some stuff in there that just really irks me. Okay. Let's say, let's say, I mean, I got problems with Casino Royale, but I can defend that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And we and I, that's a that's a different conversation, and we we've, we've gone on long about this one. But like, there's some there's some stuff in there that I I enjoyed it. I liked what they did, but there's a couple of, of big plot points that I'm like, oh, that's just that's just sad storytelling. Also, a defibrillator doesn't fix poison. But go ahead. <laughs> wow, still poisoned. Just electrocuted now. Yeah. Okay. Well, well I. <laughs> You know, I know. It was just a throwaway thing. Don't get get too bogged down in that. I'm just going to stick with this movie for now and say, hey, you liked it exactly twice as much as me. I'm giving this one and a half stars. No heart. Um, It was the Honestly, for me, it it was the strength of the acting is what Bowie did. That's what brought it up too, because everyone was so on, on top of their game in terms of their performances. Not one person in this was I like, ugh. Even Rami, with with basically given a lot of garbage to, to to deal with, he did a great job of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. You know what? You're right. I'll give it to you. Oh, was, look at that! I brought, you brought, brought me up half a star. Half a star. Yeah, the acting, <laughs> all the acting was great. The performance was great. The, the The faults of this movie is to me in the story, not in the execution. Right. Agreed. Even even the action the action sequences are great. There's a oh, lot. Action sequences are amazing. There's, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Yeah. One of those like, stars is dedicated not, just to the action. Yeah. Sequences yeah exactly. Yeah. There's a lot here stunning. like in those in those veins. But then the second you start to think about it, and the problem with this movie too is it's so long. You're thinking about it as it's going on. It gets crazy, and you're like, ah. Thank you so much, uh, Allison. Yeah, this was uh, fun. I'd say I, I thank you, guys. Thank you, audience, for for staying around with us for so long as we as we took this long and winding road. It, it, but for this movie, it kind of needed a long and winding discussion. It it, it kind of it, yes, it, it very much did. I think because it was it was a it was a long and winding movie, and really, I I feel it's a culmination of five movies. It's kind of like you're you really have to talk about all five in order to make sense of it, which then goes back to my problems but all right so but thank you so much for for joining for joining me tonight to talk to talk, talk about no time to die <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here we the not so humble hosts of the film board want to talk to you Please join our online community with fellow movie lovers. Learn more at thenextreel.com slash discord. And again, if you're not already a member, please consider supporting this show. To learn more, visit thenextreel.com forward slash membership. Don't forget to do the stuff you're supposed to do with your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, and of course, listen. But perhaps most importantly, share. Please let any of those movie lovers in your life know about the show. The best way we have to get more listeners to the show is you. Thanks. Coming up, we at the Film Board will talk about Doom. The outsiders ravage our land. Their cruelty to my people 
is all I've known. So you're going tomorrow? Yes, I'm going tomorrow with the advanced team. I'd like you to take me with you. Are you trying to give me court-martial? Can I trust you with something? I've been having dreams about a girl falling in battle. Felt like a vision. Dreams make good stories, but everything important happens when we're awake. To the future of House Atreides. You have to be ready. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. They're not human, they're brutal. Well, if I'm not dead, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. Come on! My son. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Here on the film board, we have covered quite a variety of great page-to-screen adaptations over the years, from superheroes like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, based on stories like Nightfall and The Dark Knight Returns, to horror and sci-fi like Max Brooks's World War Z and Hiroshi Sakazuraka's All You Need Is Kill, which became one of our favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And who could forget Andy Weir's stranded astronaut adventure, The Martian, or Dave Eggers' tech thriller, The Circle? Supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man, and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Grant's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic. It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories. 
And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu. That's right. TheNextReel.com slash Originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and The Next Reel's family of shows. So what are you waiting for? Head to TheNextReel.com slash Originals and get your next read today. 